Welcome to the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown, and I'm Vic Vershero. And today, our special guest that we have with us joining us is Khan Apostolopoulos. And I have to tell you, saying that name is, uh, is makes my to- toes curl because there's a lot of vowels and a lot of consonants in there. But listen, Khan, welcome to our show. We're glad you're here. Oh, Vic, thank you for having me. It's an honor and a privilege to be here. Well, and it is and it is exciting to have you here. You have some fantastic credentials that we're going to get into, but part of what we want to talk about is you're the founder and CEO of Fresh Biz Solutions, which is really a human capital management uh, organization and talent organization. So tell us just briefly, because we'll get into it a little bit later, but tell us briefly about that uh, particular role that you currently have and, and some of the good that you're doing with it. Sounds good, and I thank you for the opportunity. Fresh Biz Solutions is an organization, like you mentioned, that deals with talent. And essentially what we do is we help our clients build a talent pipeline to help them execute their strategy, get the results that they want, and lead through changing times like the ones we're encountering right now. Um, We're based on the simple premise, hire hard, train smart, manage easy. And what we do is we help them. Yeah, we help our partners. We help our clients. We work with them to be able to, you know, be very picky about who they bring onto their team, help them identify the right people to bring on board. Then we use smart ways of helping them develop that talent, point them in the right direction, and then managing them becomes a lot easier. Why? Because they're motivated to hit their goals and the organization's goals. Yeah. Wow. That's that's outstanding. And I and so when you um, uh, one of one of the things that you and I talked about earlier is is uh, you referred to as Coach Con, and so uh, in that I think that's part of what you're doing too is you're coaching some executive leaders along the way to try to make some good decisions and hire right and do some of the right things in terms of putting the right people in place. So uh, can I call you Coach? Con the rest of our show. Absolutely, it would be it would be an honor. It would be <laughs> That's great. Well, Coach, uh, let me ask you how how far back uh, does this go in terms of this dream? Did was it an epiphany that that man I can help people with this? Um, uh, you didn't come come as a young person figuring you're going to do this. I don't think so. Take me back to where um, where some of the early early beginnings for your life was and and uh, how this all got started. Well, to be honest with you, I'm more of an accidental entrepreneur than I am uh, somebody who purposefully set out to do this. Yeah. Um, you know, the crisis that we've been able to, what we've dealt with, not just this one now, the most recent one in 2020, but even earlier than that, seemed to be shaping a lot of my career. Um, originally, if I go a little bit further back, um, I'm a citizen of the world, but I've made my home here in the States. Mm. I've lived and worked on four different continents. And over that course of time, I consider me myself somebody who's been exposed to a lot of different experiences in my life, different careers. But all of that has kind of prepared me for where I am today. Um, you know, Steve Jobs said wisely that you can only connect the dots looking backwards. And when I look back on those, uh, my entire life, my entire career, I realized that I'm a lifelong learner that loves to teach, to coach, to educate, and to make things happen. Mm. Um, help people reach those goals. So as I look back on my career, Vic, I realized that no matter what engagement I've had along the way, it's always gravitated towards that training and development and coaching role. Um, Even from my time as a young man in the military, where I was a sergeant, I was a drill instructor. (laughs) And during those times, I realized that I really had a knack for that. I learned a lot of fundamentals in how to craft and mold and shape 
performance and develop more leaders. Throughout my career within the corporate sphere, I've worked for companies as big as 100,000 employees spread over 100 countries in the Fortune 500 sphere. Um, I've worked for smaller, um, more family-owned operations. But throughout that time, I've always gravitated towards roles where I can be a coach, where I can be somebody who trains and develops. You know, another one of my favorite quotes is, the two most important days in your life are the day you come into this world and the day you realize why. And the day I realized, the day that I realized that this was what I was meant to do, I found my purpose and I've been pursuing it since. Wow, that's outstanding. I, I, I just I just love that. And and of course, um, you know, one of the things that we'll have a chance to talk about in our in our show today is some of the people that might have helped you mold that. But you know, you said something there about about the whole notion of um, of the the fundamentals and some of the uh, the beginning things that help craft your uh, your your direction. I think I think that's some interesting uh, opportunities for us because when you think about um, those moments when you have that aha moment, um, uh, really, uh, it, it just it's like the light bulb comes on. You you probably had a few of those in your life. I have indeed, like most of us. And when you pay attention to them, and especially when you look back on them, you realize that. You know, I could have chosen A versus B, B versus A, but those choices that we make in the moment really shape a lot of our the rest of our lives. Yeah, and sometimes you just don't even have it. It's just breathtaking when you have that chance to look back and go, that was really cool, and it was way beyond maybe what I thought was going to happen, and so it, it's fun. Well, I, I'm really excited to get into this with you, Coach, and it's going to be a great time today here on the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown. I'm Vic Verscher, and we're going to be right back. Sinair has been advancing communities and providing opportunities for people in Michigan for more than 25 years. Through lending, investments, and the creation of homes and jobs, Sinair has made a combined $7 billion impact on the communities they serve. Learn more at www.sinair.com. You found the Leadership Lowdown here on the Michigan Business Network. I'm so glad you joined us today, and I'm so glad we have with us Khan Apostolopoulos, who is with us today, and we call him Coach Khan because of uh, some of the work that he does as the founder and CEO of Fresh Biz Solutions, which is really all about human resources, human talent, and capital uh, that we want to talk about today. And and you, you, you caught my attention in our first segment, Khan, when you said something about some fundamentals that you learned early on in your experience in the military about coaching and mentoring and, and developing people. So can can you take me back to, to that day? Because I want to make sure I don't walk past some of those cornerstones on leadership um, as you as you see them. Um, I had the opportunity um, in my youth uh, to go into the service and be able to specialize in uh, basic boot camp training. So during that time, I was what we affectionately referred to as drill instructors. And it's the time when we have a lot of young men coming into the service, being called in and essentially transitioning from that civilian life into the military life. And that evolutionary process um, on the outside can seem pretty, um, very rigorous. Mm. If you've seen many of the movies, you can tell that there's a lot of things that go on there that are 
kind of uh, make you really tense up and kind of really sit, sit back and think. The big takeaway from that is I learned a lot about human behavior during that time in my early years. I learned a lot about how to build things from take it from point A to point B, make that transformational change that's required in order to evolve and take on a new role. Yeah. Taking people that really never had any experience in this area and really crafting them and building them and, and developing them in a way so they're ready to go to an extreme life battle and be able to take that on. Well, and I think uh, I think some of the things that you run into is that is that you know um, it, it always intrigues me where opportunity meets talent, um, and then amazing things can happen. So when you have something like um, all of the people that you run across in in whether it's a boot camp or whatever it is. Um, you know, I think there's a couple things that are pretty magical. One is spotting talent, seeing somebody that that is interesting, interested in growing, and then the other thing is is mentoring them in a way that they get it. So when you when you're dealing with with um, especially maybe raw talent, how about that? Um, so not necessarily age, but somebody just hasn't had that opportunity to be mentored to. Tell me, tell me, how do you how do you spot that? What are some of the characteristics that you see in that human nature that makes you go, I want to spend some time with this one? Well, whether it's in a boot camp in the military or a soccer field with young kids, uh, spotting talent is exactly the same. The characteristics that you're looking for are very similar. The signs that they are. One of those things that you look for in talent is a desire to learn, a desire to grow, a growth mindset, if you will. Ones that want to develop, talent that wants to, to kind of blossom is always looking for feedback, always looking for something different. They are restless, and they're always looking for that. Mm. Um, that's one of the key characteristics that we look for when we're trying to identify talent. Now, beyond that, you look for certain um, matches, whether they are physical, emotional, or otherwise, that match that talent to the particular role that you're trying to build. It's a very different skill set if you're going into a technical field where you require certain quick wit or certain things versus perhaps a more physically demanding role where it requires a certain build of certain things that you challenge people differently and you look for different skill sets. You're looking for the things that you build on. But regardless, all of my mentors, all of my teachers throughout my years taught me one very, very important lesson, that you can have all the talent in the world, but hustle, desire, uh-huh. That, that that wanting to grow better is going to eat talent for breakfast every day of the week. Oh, I love that. Up. I love that. And and so, you know, we, we sometimes kind of call that fire in the belly. Um, you know, I'm, lots of names for it, I think. But tell me, because I've had a lot of experience hiring salespeople, and I can, uh, to your point, I can spot talent. I can, you know, they're, they're, they're um, uh, fun to be around. They're, 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 they're articulate. Um, you know, they're smart. A lot of different things you can, you can figure out. But it's that fire in the belly when you're hiring and, and positioning people that's hard to capture in an interview. Do you have any, any thoughts on that in terms of how you've been able to master that? Because that, to me, is, is you're exactly right. That's big talent, talent time. Yeah, no matter the field, Vic, um, no matter where I've worked with people and I've tried to, to, to get them to where they need to be to help them achieve their goals, the one thing that I explain to them, whether it's a senior executive or a 10-year-old girl wanting to play on a soccer field, I don't coach desire. Mm. I can't teach desire. That's something that you have to bring to the table. I can teach you all the rest, but I can't teach you how to want this. 
and I can't want it more than you do. And right. that fire in the belly, that strong desire is part of what really helps uh, high performers, high achievers be successful. It starts with that hunger. Well, and I, that's so exciting when you think about when you think about that, and you think about what that means to individuals—the fire in the belly and the actual hunger to to be a part of something special and, and bigger than themselves. You said a lot there. I can't I can't teach that or coach that to you. You've got to come with that in your heart, and uh, that's that's really special. Wow, this is going to be a great great opportunity to really pick your mind and have a great time today. Uh, we're so glad you joined us on the Michigan Business Network. We're glad you tuned in to the Leadership Lowdown. This is Vic Versero. We'll be right back. You can listen to the Michigan Business Network on SoundCloud, iTunes, on the smartphone app, and on its website at www.michiganbusinessnetwork.com. You found the Leadership Lowdown here on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Versero, and of course today our our, uh, special guest is Coach Khan, and his last name is Apostolopoulos. And so that's a mouthful, but by golly, uh, the name is just as uh, uh, powerful as all of the great wisdom you're sharing with us today, Coach. So thanks for being with us. And you know, um, as we, I, I, these these uh, segments go go by so quickly for us. I don't want to lose uh, lose the 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 focus of what we're doing here. One of the things I think is really cool is you've written a book recently, and and uh, your most recent book I think is uh, seven keys to navigating a crisis or or crises and so um man if you could share with us what inspired you to write that book and maybe some of the highlights um i'd like to i'd like to hear more well thank you thank you for the opportunity yeah it's coming up almost on a year since we wrote the book i'm the proud co-author of the book along with a dear friend of mine dr Ilya gogouris another greek uh-huh. Um, and, you know, normally when we Greeks get together, we open a restaurant. But in this case, <laughs> we decided that, you know, we would write a book. Um, you know, when March last year hit and everything came to that great pause for yeah. all of us, yep. and where there's a lot of uncertainty going on, um, he came to me and he says, you know, we have the background, we have the knowledge, we have the experience. For me, it was my background in change leadership and performance improvement for him. He's a wellness, a corporate wellness expert and understanding those and a PhD in psychology. Um, we put our heads together and we said, you know what? We've got to help some people. We've got to help some folks. And while all of our friends were binge watching Netflix, we figured that we put a book <laughs> together within 45 days. We published. No we way. Put it out there. Wow. And so from mid-March, we published basically, we went with the ebook first of May. And we wanted to get the message out there in very practical terms about what people can do. So we created those seven keys to help people navigate any crisis, not just the ones that we're dealing with, which were compounding and serious. We all know that. We've talked about them ad nauseum. But going forward, this is content, this is insight that can help individuals and business leaders deal with any crisis in their business, in their life that comes up. Sometimes it might be the loss of a loved one, a loss of a job. It might be a change in your life that's unexpected that really traumatizes you. Whatever the case might be, these seven keys can help. Mm. 
Well, and and uh, so so of course um, uh, you're you're the most important thing I think in my background as a corporate uh, officer. I I think of of when I'm in the middle of a crisis, communication oftentimes is one of the key things in my mind. So if I was starting a list, the first one probably would be communicate um, the scenario. But are there steps before that, uh, understanding the crises, trying to unpack it? What are, what are some of the things that are the starting points? Absolutely. And to your point, communication is, is a fundamental piece of that throughout that because when we lack communication, our mind tries to fill that void. Ooh, and it usually excellent. fills it with bad news. Yep, that's right. So, or we make up make up stuff, don't yeah. we? <laughs> yeah. And typically, what you can communicate, even the bad news, is probably not nearly as bad as what people can come up with in oh, their minds. Absolutely. The monsters that they create. So let's kind of quickly kind of touch on those seven keys, and I don't want to belabor the point. I don't want to give the whole thing away. Yeah. So... Um, but the book was written originally for individuals, but now I'm using this as a roadmap to resilience to help business leaders, entrepreneurs, uh, senior leaders within corporations to kind of navigate beyond this crisis and open up the doors in a way that makes sense. Right now, some of the biggest concerns that these leaders that I speak to have are, how do I maintain the well-being, mental, physical, and other of my people, and how do I keep the doors open so we can stay productive? and move forward so we can come out of this. Mm. With those fundamental goals in mind, the seven keys provide that roadmap to resilience. So I'll give you an example. Key one is self-care. For an individual, for you and me, self-care might be, you know, what making sure that we're physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually okay, and do whatever we need to make sure that we're in a good place. Because we can't help others if we're not in a good place. Right. Well, it's the same thing for a company. When you look at that, you've got to have make sure that financially, uh, and otherwise you're in a good place to be able to have sound footing. But just the simple fact, for example, that now you're looking at your benefits package as an employer. Do you have enough mental health, physical health benefits in your package right now? Because let's face it, nobody really is looking for tuition reimbursement right now. Everybody's (laughs) wanting to make sure that they're in a good place. So look at that and say, from a self-care, can I take care of my team, my employees, by making sure my benefits are in line. Mm. That's one example. Here's another one. Key number two is awareness. Being aware of where you are in the moment and how you're feeling going through this crisis. Well, for an employer, you're inviting people back into the office, back into your workplace, if they've been dispersed at home. Okay, great. The place they left 10, 12 months ago is not the same place they're returning to now. That's true. Are you aware of how to re-onboard those people, what they're experiencing, how to get them back so they can function? Are you aware of what they might be experiencing as far as their emotional state? How can they be productive if they're constantly looking over their shoulder? Because different people feel differently about this crisis and this situation. Well, Some I, are eager to come back. Yeah. Well, and you said you said uh, re-onboard them. I th- I think that's brilliant. I I I'd never even had thought about that. Wow! I've got my pen out. I've got my pad going here, and we're taking notes. So, Coach Con, stay right there. We're going to take a break, pay some bills, and come right back here on the Michigan Business Network. Thanks for tuning in to the Leadership Lowdown. Here's to the big-hearted folks who know how to take on an even bigger job. Those who take personally the transportation of today's dreamers 
and tomorrow's leaders. It is said that the future belongs to those who show up. Thank you for making sure that we always do. Dean Transportation Professionals, always someone to look up to. What does it mean to be a Dean Transportation Professional? In a word, it means family, an extended family that has many roles, many opportunities, and many benefits. Being a part of the Dean family is much more than just a job. You become part of a thriving community of people built on a proud history, a community focused on transporting our youth to a brighter future. Dean Transportation, be part of something special. This is the Leadership Lowdown here on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Versero, and we've got with us today Coach Khan. He is the founder and CEO of Fresh Biz Solutions. And my goodness, my ink pen is melting down here, uh, Coach, and I'm just grateful for what you're sharing. And in the last segment, you talked about how to kind of pressing reset uh, with your employees because uh, it's a re-onboarding because whatever the new norm is, it's a new norm. So um, let's pick up where, where we're at there and take off because uh, you've, got, you've got all the rest of this, uh, this great stuff I'm writing down. Thank you, Vic. Yeah, so as we re-onboard into this new segment, then let's talk a little bit about the next key, flexibility. Well, this one is fundamental for all of us because, you know, like Darwin said, it's not the strong that will always survive. It's the flexible. It's mm. the adaptable. Yep. And if we've learned anything from this past year is that we have to really be able to adapt and flex to the new environment. Even in the military, we used to say that we have to adapt and overcome and improvise with different situations. We are living in those same times. We call them VUCA. For, <laughs> you know, we're, we're volatile, uncertain all of these different experiences that we need to go through that we need to make sure that we adapt to and we adjust. Well, yeah. look at the situation right now. If you're, if you are a, a leader, a manager, a supervisor, a business owner, you're looking at your people and you're saying, okay, I can't hold them the same way as I did before. I can't measure productivity and performance just by how many hours they're at their desk. Because you know what? Susie is going to have to be not only my employee, but she's going to have to be mom. She's going to have to be caretaker. She might have to be teacher. She might have to be short order cook. <laughs> and you know what? Somewhere in there, she has to fit her job. So during that time, I need to be flexible and adaptable. Mm. And I also need to embrace one thing that we've been talking about a lot more with my clients. It's called the leadership paradox. And it's the ability of being able to synthesize, taking two ideas that on the surface might seem like they're opposites, but you have to bring them together and synthesize. Let me give you an example here. So we're talking about a situation where with Susie's situation right now, where she's at home working, trying to get through her projects, trying to get through all of her work assignments and dealing with all these other things. As a leader, I need to have some empathy and understand that her circumstances might not allow her to have, you know, a dedicated space, an office. She might be having to, to work on the computer, on the laptop right next to her, sixth grader that's working on his homework. Yeah, yeah. So I have to show some empathy and reality from that piece. But on the other hand, I have to bring some tough love to the table. Mm. And as a supervisor, I need to both protect the business, but also protect Susie in this case and say, you know what? I don't want you burning out. I want you working on the priorities that we have. Get that stuff done. The rest is gravy. Mm. Or setting certain boundaries and saying, no, I don't want you up at two in the morning because next day you might not be at your best. 
So setting boundaries so people don't get burned out. Empathy, tough love. Two opposite ideas that we have to bring together now as leaders in this paradox and really be able to become more effective. Wow. That's one example of those that we're talking about. That's a great one, honestly. That that's great stuff. And and, and while I'm while I'm here, uh, t- sorry to drag us off subject a little bit, but but you're talking about that person working from home, and you've seen you've seen a lot of different uh, work environments. So uh, do you? How, how, what's your thoughts on productivity from home versus productivity inside an office uh, setting? Well, let me give you a real world example. I had a client. Uh, a few months back, we were talking about this very relatively early on, kind of midway through 2020. He was very concerned because being the old school leader in construction that he was, he was looking at saying, you know what? I don't want my people out there cutting their lawn and playing golf. I want them in the office working. Um, very much so. So I challenged his thought process and I said, okay, how's your productivity been? He says, well, we booked the best three months in our history, the last three months. I'm like, so it's not a productivity issue. If that performance is still that high, that's not the issue. What is the issue? Well, I have concerns. Well, this is not new. Most of the organizations, going back 20 years when I've been coaching and consulting on these things about working with the remote workforce, the two main issues, Vic, that most leaders struggle with, one is providing the right technology for their people, making sure that they can connect to everything that they need to connect to. But the second one is trust, Mm, trust from leadership. Now, technology is finally caught up 20 years later. It's caught up. We have all of these wonderful tools that we can work with. But trust is a little harder to come by. And trust (laughs) is something that we need to build. Because let's face it, if you're a good leader, if you're a great leader, you're creating more leaders. You're not creating followers. Yeah. You're not creating people that are sitting around waiting for you to tell them what to do. Great point. Well, in in this trust thing, I think is really interesting because it's one part control for for that for that boss that uh, that's been there for a long time and wants to feel that somehow they have control. But I I think back to some of the shenanigans and different things going in the office that I wasn't aware of, um, you know. And so, how productive is some of that stuff when you when you uh, uh, also, I think there's some employees that just don't know when to shut it down either because they work so late because it's right there all the time for them. Well, we're not going to shut right. this down. We're going to stick right with this story and this uh, conversation with Co- Coach Khan. We're so glad you tuned in to the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown, and we'll be right back. Physicians Health Plan is local. For 35 years, we've been a part of your community, and we take pride in helping you get the coverage, care, and personal service you deserve. Go to phpmichigan.com for more information. We're the health plan that works for you. This is the Michigan Business Network. You found the Leadership Lowdown, and here I'm talking to Coach Khan. He is uh, the founder and CEO of Fresh Biz Solutions, human capital, human uh, talent, uh, all the stuff that makes sense to uh, make organizations fantastic and great, and he's coaching us today on how to get there. He's got a book out that's, uh, that's really quite impressive. It's a seven uh, keys to uh, navigating uh, crises, and I think uh, right now we've got ourselves uh, through one, two, and three, self-care, uh, number two, awareness, number three, flexibility. So, Khan, take us down the road for the rest of them. 
Sounds good. Thank you, Rick. Now, once we've done all these things, the next one is preparation. Now, preparation is important people to understand. It's not the it's not the sexy choice. It's not the thing that everybody gets excited about. But if you're not prepared, if you're living in South Florida and you're not prepared for hurricanes, whose fault is that? <laughs> so you look at that, and as a business leader, as an individual, you need to be ready for what might happen. You might not know what, but you know that something will happen. Right. And that's a big part of what we need to be doing. Even now, after a year, after this whole great pause and everything else that really changed our lives, are you updating your risk management plan? Are you updating your contingencies? Are you looking for different revenue streams that can safeguard your income? Mm. How are you planning to deal with the next crisis that comes along? So planning is key for us to be able to do. But planning is not enough because as leaders, we have to act. So initiative, the next key beyond that, is looking at it and saying, okay, how can I start reclaiming some things? In a crisis, like you said, communication is key, but also action. I need to look at it and say individually with others, what can we do? Because the minute I start acting, I start regaining some control over my environment, my life, Mm -hmm. so I can start doing things. And that's an important part. As leaders, our teams, the people that depend on us, look to us to act. So we have to act on that. Then key number six is positive attitude. And when I approach that, people say, what, you mean like sunshine and rainbows? I'm like, no. (laughs) If you think about that, again, losing a military reference, most people may have heard at some point about the Stockdale Paradox. And to bring that the, the essence of that story into this, it's understanding that, you know what, if you are unrealistically positive, if you only think sunshine and rainbows, you are probably suffering from depression right now. Mm-hmm. Because you know what, that wasn't realistic. <laughs> the people that are realistic about what's happening and look at that and try to find the positives in their situation and try to control and act on those positives are the people that maintain that positive attitude and are able to move forward with that deep belief that, you know what, we will get through this. That's what a navigator does. That's what somebody who's a leader does. They have that belief that we can get through this collectively. We can work together and overcome any challenge. Mm -hmm. And then finally, the last key bit is kindness. And kindness makes sense to, to a person because when you're kind to others, not only are you benefiting them, but the minute that you give of yourself, you get something back. You have that satisfaction. And you know what? It's one of those things that you can't be in a bad place when you're, when, when you're, when you're being kind to others. <laughs> There's a gratitude and a positivity about that. But in a corporate level, at a business level, how do you translate kindness? Well, that translates in the way that you treat each other, the way that you treat your employees, your people, the way that you treat your customers, the way that you treat the community that you live in. When you look at the local businesses in Lansing, how many of them reached out to the community and people within that community that may have been struggling? And I can guarantee you those same people will support those businesses going forward because they will remember they will remember the ones that have supported them through this difficult time. Well, you bring up something that I that I that I, I really want to stop for a second and ask you about is is um, this whole kindness scenario. I, I I love it. We have a mutual friend who um, is um, uh, talks about and works on kindness all the time, and I think it's really important. Um, one one of the things that I that I want to make sure because I've got I've got business leaders out there that are sitting there going, yeah, well, the time you're kind to somebody, next thing you know, they're rolling all over the top. 
of you. So I, 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 can you can you can you take me through that um, scenario? Because when we talk about kindness, we're not talking about being rolled over um, and and not being firm and, and doing what you got to do. But there is an element to kindness that can kind of cascade down over everything. Can you can you speak to that for me? Sure. And this is something that our mutual friend Randy McNeely, our chief kindness officer, has taught all of us. Right. It's the logic behind that, because kindness is not just the right thing to do. It makes good business sense. Why? Because you're returning back to decency, uh, to respect, wow. to those fundamental values that separate good businesses from others. Kindness is not intended to be transactional. It never was. <laughs> if it is, it's not kindness, is it, Rick? No, When you look at that brilliant. and you say... When, when, when I'm being kind to others, whether it's on a personal level or a corporate level, I'm looking at that as an opportunity for me to provide a gift to somebody. But truly, the recipient of the real gift is me. It's my company. It's my organization. When we're able to do that, you, do, you, you, you receive much more than what you give. And at the end of the day, a gift is not something that you're looking for reciprocity for. Right. There's no strings attached. Yep. It's a gift of kindness. Wow. Man, Coach Khan, I, I, I'm just in love with this whole uh, discussion we're having today, and I think you've added so much uh, to the conversation and so much to the leaders listening in. Thanks, thanks for joining us here on the Michigan Business Network, and thanks for tuning in to Leadership Lowdown. I'm Vic Verschero. We've got one segment left, and it's not nearly enough. Uh, we're going to finish up here with Coach Khan in just a second. The Lansing Board of Water and Light is working on a cleaner energy future. A plan proposed by a citizens committee and the BWL will replace the coal-fired Eckerd plant with power from wind turbines, solar panels, energy saving technologies, and cleaner natural gas that improve our air quality and environmental health. Learn more about the BWL's plan to become Michigan's cleanest electric utility at LansingEnergyTomorrow.com. The Lansing Board of Water and Light, hometown people, hometown power. This is the Leadership Lowdown here on the Michigan Business Network. We've got one precious segment left here with Khan Apostolopoulos, and he is going to be uh, leading us through the, the uh, final part of this, uh, this show. And, Coach, I, I have to tell you, I'm just, I'm just so excited about some of what we've heard today and some of the brilliant stuff that you've shared. And, and, and as I think about it, um, you know, we're entering a, a new phase. I, I, I'm optimistic that um, businesses and companies are going to be looking for uh, a new way to lift and a new way to uh, to get started. And uh, tell me, how, how are how are some things? What are some things that you're available to do to help them if they're looking for uh, a way to press uh, press restart? Well, thank you, Rick. Um, the way that I can help, and the way I'm currently helping my clients, is one of three ways, or a combination of those three ways. First and foremost, it's through tailored events. I can come in, I can speak to your organization, to your teams, and kind of help them transition through the soul, give you that spark that you're looking for. Other tailored events that I do is I do training and development workshops, for example, in the area of leadership development, interpersonal skills, team building, all of those areas that help, or project management. 
So tailored events is one way that I help my clients. Another one, as we've mentioned, is the executive and emerging leader coaching, working one-on-one with talented people within your organization or with you as a business leader. Mm. And the third way is through consulting on your talent management systems and making sure that every dollar you invest as a business is a dollar well spent. It's a dollar that goes directly to building the talent that you need internally to be able to execute your strategy to get the results that you want. Yeah. So those are the three main areas. Tell me real quick. Interestingly enough, Vic. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Well, I just want to, I wanted to make sure we didn't go past this whole emerging talent thing. I, I love that because I love it when companies invest in, in, in uh, new talent or talent they have, they're optimistic about and they want to try to see how far that person can grow and, and go with them. So when you talk about that emerging talent, is that is that one-on-one coaching or is that like um, uh, regular ongoing processes and events that you put people through? What does that look like? Just real quickly on that element. Yeah, and it's typically a combination of both, especially with the high-level talent that we're looking for. Um, a lot of times when we identify people that are, we're grooming them to become our future leaders within the company. Yeah. A big part of what we do is we put them through those workshops that help them develop the skills. We take that talent, we really mold it again, and we add the skill set to help them become what they can be. And putting them in real life situations and work. So not only are we training them, but we're trying to adapt their behavior so they can get the results that they want for themselves and for the organization. Right. With a handful, We'll actually do one-on-one coaching, especially at the more senior levels, because at some point we work on their specific needs and their development. Yeah. So now, so when we, when we, if I have people tuning into this that are going, man, this, this con, this coach con sounds like the right guy for us. How do they, what are they going to do to get a hold of you? Where do they start on down that road? Because it feels like you have so many different areas that you can personally address for a company. So the easiest way to get a hold of me first and foremost is through LinkedIn. Uh, if for anybody that uses LinkedIn for their professional networking and everything else, they can find me on LinkedIn under Coach Khan. Mm. And I spell Khan with a K because it's hard to get people to trust you if you spell it with a C. <laughs> so Love I it. do it that way. <laughs> another way another way to go directly and get more information about the different offerings that we have at Fresh Fit Solutions and to schedule book a time directly with me, go to my website. Yeah. Fresh Biz B I Z Solutions. Dot com. And I welcome people to join me there. Schedule some time. Find some time and we can sit down and kind of talk about your situation and how I can potentially help you. And Fresh Biz is B-I-Z, right? Biz? Correct. Yeah, yeah. Correct. And so tell me about the book. If I want to get my hands on this book, because I think you've got a lot there that hasn't we haven't heard about today. Um, how do I get a hold of that book? Well, the book is available at Amazon and major retailers. Uh, through Amazon, you can actually get the electronic version if you prefer, or if you want the good old-fashioned paper version. Yeah. Uh, through Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and most major book retailers at this point in time. Well, and that's good. And and when you when you talk about uh, writing a book that quickly, you had a partner that that was with you. Is that somebody that uh, that's helped you in your career, or you're helping them, uh, or a good partnership? Well, any good partnership gives benefit both ways. Yeah. Any good partnership is an opportunity to learn from each other, and that's what we've done. My dear friend, Dr. Ilya Gorgouris, uh, is a wonderfully talented man. He goes by the moniker The Happiness Doctor because that's his expertise. It's corporate wellness, happiness in the workplace. He wrote a best-selling book by the title of Seven Paths to Lasting Happiness. So 
it was a great opportunity and an honor to work together. We were friends before this, and now we'll become uh, even closer with this whole part. Isn't that we, neat? We well, I, before we run out of time, Con, I, I, I just want to say thank you. Um, you are very impressive, and I'm, I'm grateful you came into uh, our time here on the show. I hope you enjoyed it. Oh, Vic, thank you so much. And if I may, one last offer for your listeners, if anybody's interested. I wasn't kidding. Reach out to me, contact me through LinkedIn or through the website. And to the first five listeners that reach out to me, I have a special offer, Vic. Uh, we are starting up at the beginning of May our 30-day challenge for navigating any crisis with Dr. Ilya. And for anybody that wants to participate, reach out to me. The first five, I will give them a $99 credit towards the, uh, the their participation in the program. And then from there, they'll have an opportunity to work with me and Dr. Ilya over the course of 30 days to transform their lives. <laughs> that's a great that's a great offer. I, I might I might have to beat everybody in uh, into that the, getting there for the first in line. But uh, Coach, thanks so much. Uh, you, you are just an impressive impressive man, and I appreciate what you're doing for everybody trying to help them on their leadership journey. Thanks so much for tuning in to Leadership Lowdown here on the Michigan Business Network. We love being a part of your leadership journey. We'll talk to you next time.